what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson, and to my right, my esteemed brother in tech, uh, Brian Jackson, Dr. <laughs> Brian Jackson. Brian, wow. You? Ooh, you're really now trying you to kiss up today, aren't you? You heard, I mean, there's a little controversy. There was some uh, Twitter flame-ups about a, a certain journalist making a comment about a certain first lady. Uh-huh. Whether or not uh, she should right. be allowed to use the doctor uh, term, hmm. and, uh, so I, I'm I'm not jumping into the debate there. I just want to say, Brian, I do acknowledge you. I mean, you you did earn it. You are Doctor Brian Jackson, and I'm going to call you that. I'm going to well, thank you, thank you, Alan, and I will I will take the doctor in air quotes for those who happen to be watching. Um, yeah, a different kind of doctor, but uh, at my my job, what? I I asked for that, but no, don't don't. <laughs> Don't ask me to fix why anything. Why do I keep calling you with medical advice then? Why, <laughs> why am I doing that? Why are you telling me what to do to take care of my body? I thought that was what you do. Listen, I said I said to you, bourbon will fix everything. And right. I stand by that. I stand I, by that. <laughs> I follow that advice every single night. So I don't <laughs> I stand by it. So, yeah, okay. Well, uh, this is a this is brothers in tech. Brian and I are actual brothers. We do get together, and as you can say by the title, we talk about technology every time we get together. Really focusing on home and family, personal technology use. We talk talk a lot about different aspects of technology. We sometimes bring in some different recommendations or tips and tricks, and using the technology to the best effect. Uh, today, Brian, we're, we do have a topic we're going to get to in a little bit after I think we do some housekeeping things and maybe a couple news items, but we are going to talk today about some features on your computing device. Namely, we're going to hone in mostly, mostly on the Mac and iOS or iPhone side, but some of these things are also readily available on other platforms. Yep. Yep. Some accessibility features that you, uh, chances are pretty high. You probably have not paid any attention to them because- you may feel like that uh, there's some uh, there's not the a need phone or the computer is providing for people who may have uh, impairments uh, of any sort and need some uh, special assistance or uh, more accessible options and they absolutely will provide those things for those people in need and we're going to highlight some of the things that are really great in the accessibility options but there's also some pretty cool things that may be helpful to you in your your everyday life whether you find yourself impaired in any way or, or having difficulty using the computer or not. So we're going to talk through that accessibility features and options category a little bit more, a little bit later on. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, it up, Brian. Let, you you, well, you for, brought this topic up, so I didn't want to steal for, your time here. <laughs> well, I was going to say for, for those that are, for those that are joining in, this is, this is how things go on brothers in tech. Alan and I got together for a few minutes beforehand we talked about, hey, how do we want to cover this thing? And then th- very clearly he said, well, do you want to, this is your topic. Do you want to present and kind of say what we're trying to do? <laughs> said, Absolutely. 
And then we jump on, and what happens? You you steal every bit of my thunder. Um, yeah, so I, I really have nothing that. to add now. So that was, you know, thank you. That, that. Was, that was great. No, I promise I'm when okay. we actually get to the topic, I'm, I'm going to let you drive for a little bit. <laughs> no. I just go into so, pilot. Okay. Well, you did mention, you did mention that we have a few housekeeping things and we do have at least one housekeeping thing that I'm not sure if you remember from last week, but you posed a question to me, which was, how do you remind yourself to turn your Apple watch to a workout when you go down and work out? Yes. Right. Yes. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. I've I've been following your advice this past week and with the bourbon, I don't remember <laughs> the things you <laughs> talked about that. last week. So, yeah. um, well, you're welcome. Yeah. So, welcome. so how how is again? Okay. Was, let me just set okay. up my problem. You set it up. Set it up. And you you tell me the solution. Yep. So, I, I I do use my Apple Watch for tracking uh, activity. I have my yep. rings. The whole you know trying to close the rings thing, and I do have exercise routine I go and do. But I find myself going to my workouts app on my watch choosing the workout I'm going to do, whether it's I'm walking, whether I'm rowing, whether I'm just doing an open goal of workout. And, but I always forget to start it. I'll pull it up and start it. I'll be halfway through a walk or I'll be halfway through a session. And I'm like, ah, forgot to start the workout. You have to go and start it. And then I just kind of try to let it run for a couple extra minutes beyond (laughs) when I finished to make up for the fact that I didn't turn it on right. Yep. So what am I missing? I, I feel like okay. it's something automatic. What am I missing? Well, so so here's the trick. <clears throat> um, I think there's a there's a couple of ways to approach that issue. One is that if so in your in your watch settings on your phone in the watch mm-hmm. app, uh, yeah. you want to double check and make sure that you in the workout um, in the workout menu that you do select the uh, reminder. Kind of the reminder. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What is it worded as? Start workout reminder. Start workout reminder. Was that selected already? Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> if that's the case and you're not getting a reminder, it probably means you haven't waited long enough on the workout to do it. So, for example, if you were to do a workout, let's say you were to hop on your rowing machine. I, I think, Alan, you said you got a rowing machine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you were to hop on a rowing machine and start, uh, and start rowing, it should within probably two to four minutes, it should say, it should buzz at you and say, Hey, looks like you're doing a rowing. Do you want to record a workout? The beauty of it is, and I, and I find that I'm using this a lot lately on uh, outdoor walks. So if I go walk my dog, of course, I don't think when I walk out the door, Oh, let's put on there that I'm doing an outdoor walk. I go walk my dog. And if we're walking for, usually it's about 12 minutes. If I've walked for 12 minutes, it will then chime at me and say, hey, by the way, it kind of looks like you're doing an outdoor walk. Do you want to record that? The beauty is if I say yes, it's, it puts me at 12 minutes on the walk because it recognizes mm-hmm. this. I'm looking back and it looks like you started walking back at this time. So the same okay. thing will happen with the the rowing if you're actually moving your arms enough to have it recognize that that's the case. Well, that's a little bit my question. And that's, it it hasn't been reminding me. Okay. Well, with the walking, you know, if I walk for 25, 30 minutes, I'm probably not waiting 10 or 12 minutes um, to let it remind me. I'm probably still going in five minutes in remembering I didn't start it and I'll go and start it. Well, you're saying you're saying the issue. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But you're saying if I had let it just go, 
Yeah. It should note that I'm walking and it's going so, to pick up from that. So here's the, here's the thing. I think if I was in your situation and you, let's say you go downstairs to, um, to work out, you hop on the rowing machine and you start rowing and let's say a minute in you go, Oh crap, I should have started it with rowing. I would probably just wait another minute or so whenever it tells you, would you like yeah. to record? Because it's going to go back and include that full workout because it remembers when you actually started moving your arms like that. The same thing would go with the walk. So the problem would be if you did, if you went in seven minutes in on a walk and said, oh man, I got to start a walk. Well, it's just going to start it right then. Okay. That's one thing I think Apple yeah. obviously needs to work on is that if you say I'm doing a walk, it should, it, it obviously remembers because it yeah. was remembering it in my well, case. Been nice it should remember and say, yeah. well, do you want to start it seven minutes ago? Because that's what yeah. it looks like you did. It yeah. looked like you started seven minutes ago. Do you want me to start it from that right. point? Yes. Right. Um, so the other the other thing that I um, wanted to suggest is it, it this will not help with your working out downstairs. But in something like a walk, you know, you could start to put a, an automation in place that says when I leave the door or leave, you know, if I go, if I'm going this direction on my street, so you live in a particular way in which you're going to mm-hmm. drive one way, but maybe you're going to walk the other way. If I go this, you know, direction, please remind me to, you know, start a, start a workout and you could use automations to do some of that. It's mm-hmm. not going to help downstairs because downstairs yeah. you're not going to a new location. It's not recognizing that you've done anything different. Um, but I think that's another potential option. Uh, if you're always working out at the same time, then you could set a reminder to cue at you that, you know, if you're working out 7 a.m., then maybe there's a 7 a.m., you know, reminder that says start your workout. Um, and that would maybe mean start your watch workout. So mm-hmm. so I do think the the problem in this would be something Apple really does need to to fix for people that love to track their workouts. Mm-hmm. is the auto reminder is great but if you remember before the auto reminder tells you it needs to give you the option of adding those <laughs> those extra steps those yeah. extra um you know rows back in because it obviously knows because it's getting ready to remind you it's been recognizing it or i also wish there was a way to make some of that happen earlier i guess that's problematic though right if you said anytime i move my arm more than 10 yeah, you know, ten times it's going to be buzzing at you all the time. So yeah, okay. Well, I think I'm I'm up this. So it looks like I'm set right. I'm just being I'm jumping the gun a little too much, and I should right. let this just play out and let the reminders kick in. If you if you forget, I mean, obviously the best thing would be probably down on your equipment, put sticky notes that say "Start your mm-hmm. watch," yeah. you know, on each one, sure. so that when you hop on, you remember. But if you don't remember and you're a minute in or so, I would just let it go. Now that won't help at all if you're doing, let's say, crunches or you're doing something that the watch has no idea that anything different's happening. Your heart rate's not getting up high enough. Your yeah. movement's not changing enough. But if it's rowing, it'll recognize it. Well, if it's but then running, I also it'll go in and get on my weight machine, and I'm just going through different iterations of different weights. Right. I'm a little concerned it's not going to pick up and remind it's, for that. It's not. I, d- yeah. I doubt it will because so the, the repetition's with, not enough. Right. I still stuck with having to remind myself to. Yep. Yep. set a workout for that so you might have to go old school just put yourself a put your best a big sticky note right as you walk downstairs that says start your watch yeah my so. go back to caveman days <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes. yeah caveman start, days. 
my my smart watch is not automatically detecting every workout I do and logging it for me automatically yet. So yeah, you should just, just start part a. Part it's yeah. right. You you have a you know smoke signal that comes up from the you know the fire that you start. Yeah, I got it. <sighs> all right. Crazy. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. I appreciate well, that. It was a good follow up. I'm glad you followed up on that. I've forgotten um, all about it. Honestly. Um, thank you. Uh, Brian, we had a couple of news items I think we're covered too before we get into our main topic on accessibility yeah. features and options. Uh, you had one, I had one. So uh, you want to go first? Well, let me, yeah. yeah, let me let me jump in. I'll I'll, okay. I'll go do mine. I I uh, I don't want to take too much time with this, but for those who listened to last week's episode, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, artif- Last week was artificial intelligence, right? Or was that two weeks ago? Yes, I think it was last week. Yeah. So we just talked about, you know, chat GPT and Dolly and some of these kind of artificial intelligence. Uh, so it was either last week or the week before um, that we talked about that. Um, so I did want to bring up, I saw just actually this morning, a an article on another use for artificial intelligence. Um, Alan, did you have that article? Yep, I do. I'll, okay. I'll Go ahead and right throw up. that up. So the article title is Google's new artificial intelligence solution for retail stores was a hit at NRF. And and so what was interesting about this, this isn't earth shattering. Um, It's just when we start thinking of effective uses of things like artificial intelligence, uh, this was, I thought, kind of a a cool efficiency uh, improvement. So what... What Google did here is notice that one issue that in supermarkets, when people are working in supermarkets, trying to figure out when they need to restock a shelf, it's all been done manually in the past, right? You send somebody down the aisles, they look to see, oh, that's short, that's short, that's short. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they came up with a an artificial intelligence engine, kind of a machine learning element that is able to use just in-store cameras that are already there, that are used there for security and all of that, to be able to triangulate a little bit about where in a particular aisle something looks to be low and create notifications as opposed to, I need to go down there every, you know, every few minutes to see if those last two bags of chips have been taken away, right? So I thought this was kind of cool that, um, you know, that one, it didn't require new technology for supermarkets if they already had security cameras that potentially had angles that could work for this. Um, mm-hmm. But also that this would be a way in which artificial intelligence seems to be helping with some efficiencies, right? Because mm-hmm. we may look at it and go, okay, the person who works in the supermarket, you know, they've got a job, right? It's not that big of a deal to go walk down the aisle, Um but if you're going down the aisle as a customer and seeing aisle or seeing spots in which um, the shelves have not been uh, restocked because they're busy, then you may benefit from the fact that they're going to get notifications on this. And um, right. And now, what makes me a little concerned when you know just what we talked about with AI, right, Alan? Is there's the positive side and then there's the scary side. The scary side is when those same cameras are then potentially using um, or using that information to determine our behaviors, right? And so that same, those same cameras are going to be able to detect how many people went by that particular part of the store, how many people, you know, picked up that bag and whether you particularly picked up that bag and put it back down again, which means maybe they need to give you a notification that says, don't you like, you know, Lay's potato chips and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Why don't you like them? And 
So, you know, whether or not we're, and I think we're already kind of there with some of our loyalty cards and the fact that people know yeah. more data about us, but anyway, so positive and negative, right? Positive no, and negative I, I think about this. that's a cool idea. I, I'm a little confused and I'm not in the grocery store industry. If anybody listening or watching this is, maybe you can help clarify this for me. I guess I would have assumed that, yes, AI would play a part in helping manage this stock on shelves, but I thought it would be by, you know, how many cans of potato soup are on the counter and then how many cans of potato soup have now been purchased during the course of a day. If you started with 12 and you had eight sold, there's four left. When it gets down to a certain threshold, it notifies you and it knows that we need to restock the the potato soup. I'm kind of surprised the direction that's being taken is to visually look at a a a, a counter and determine if it's empty or not. Yeah. Well, and and maybe maybe the argument is you're assuming that the items that haven't been purchased yet are still in the spot that they're supposed to be in. That someone hasn't yeah. moved them, that someone hasn't done, you well, know, sure. so you're making kind of assumption there. And I think what this is doing is saying, that's great. We know that we have 20 more bags of this, but I think we also have the issue that, you know, and again, I haven't worked in a supermarket either, but I do know that there are supermarkets tend to have things in the back. And, you know, for example, they have enough of those in the back to suggest that, you know, we can refill this but we're not going to take up all that space to put every bit of product we have of that one out there. So we need to know when we need to put that back down. You're saying, well, once people buy it, you know, to go and restock it. I well, would just argue that maybe they don't always know. Well, the quantity could be being tracked in the warehouse side, not on what they place on the counter. So you may have a hundred cans of soup total, right? You're going to tar- cart 12 of them out to the counter because that's what it needs to fill that spot. But the tracking is on the 100. So even though you know that eight cans have sold and there should be four left on the counter, um, well, yeah, you don't know that because there's no tracking for how many are placed on the counter. Right. So that's where the visual cameras and yep. the AI on that yep. side is just looking to see, well, it looks like we're out on this. Notify the back room and they yep. need to stock more of the potato soup. I, I get it. And again, yep. I'm sure there's a truly magical, logical way that this helps the situation. It just, I was a little surprised when I read it to think that that's how, that's how we're going to treat restocking grocery stores uh, shelves. I thought there would be a little well, more and specific like a, way of doing it. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think that, I think there's probably another reason why they're doing this. You know, this is kind of the, this is kind of the, the harmless uh, use of this information. But if you really right. think about the fact that they're able to get information Sure. On shelf placement, on our use well, of it, that's you know that's I'm additional sure too, information like, they're going to uh, gain from it. You know the, the whole you're walking down the aisle. Uh, where do people stop? Where do mm-hmm. people stop to look and grab things? And where yep. do we get their attention? And so yes, I agree. There's there's a lot more information you get from the cameras that can be watching this and, and monitoring yep. activity. But the overall message here is AI is kind of being put to use to say, all right, I'm going to do some thinking for the humans here and say, if I see this and I know that this means this, then I'm going to tell this group to do this. Yep. It's, it's the whole, I see it. So I'm going to translate that into an action that needs to be taken. So, well, and good. if it's Google and they're saying, use the hardware you already have, 
then basically you're suggesting there's a way for you to gain this benefit without a whole lot of money output, right? Yeah, you true. Know, you're able to use this as an open source. And also just really quick, Alan, you mentioned, you know, can't you detect when people buy it that it needs to go? But I'll tell you what, the size of supermarkets these days, someone, you know, four people go in on one side, pick up all the remaining bags of, a, of chips, and it's 30 minutes until they actually check out. And that's 30 minutes of empty, you know, empty well, space on the, uh, yeah. on the shelf before mm-hmm. they go and, you know, potentially uh, lose a lot of uh, customers. So, yeah. so anyway, I think, yeah, I don't think this yeah. is earth shattering, but I think it's kind of cool to see another use of AI that um, it really is just taking data and it's crunching it in a way that makes use of it um and i think it's learning over time like how do i recognize when that shelf is actually empty rather than a shadow there rather than you know something being pushed back in the back how do i know that so yeah it's kind of interesting good all All right right, what do you got um, so i I wanted to bring up a news on this will be a really quick one this is all still quote rumor although it's it's a rumor with a lot of uh strong strong opinions behind it from what i can tell um so you see this device in front of you. I've got it up on the screen. Uh, looks like an iPad. But what is supposedly under development right now, and again, this has not been officially released by Apple. This is just a lot of big Apple analysts are saying, yes, they're working on this and it will be released next year, is a Apple home display. So much like uh, the, was it the Amazon show? Is that yep. their product? Yep. Facebook mm-hmm. also has the Facebook um Whatever the name of their little screen is. is right. it? Yeah, I don't remember the name of it. But the idea being that it's a small screen that is meant for performing some very more focused functions. This being about <clears throat> your home. You know, yeah. HomeKit, we've talked about HomeKit quite a bit. The home automation, we've spent many, many episodes talking about different aspects of home automation. And at one point, I think you and I kind of lamented the fact that there wasn't a small screen type of control that you could put like in control center in front of your couch on the TV, or you could mount on the wall and be like, okay, I just want to turn on lights. I want to uh, switch on these devices without having to go to your phone, without having to use your Siri voice, whatever it may be. So this is in the works right now. So this is that they call the smart home display. This is Mac rumors that's reporting this. And uh, they're saying it's basically like a little bit of a, a combination of um what's the word they use a, a, a low-end ipad but also with like a uh home a um, home pod kind of mixed together mm. so yeah. you imagine the yeah. idea that you have a device <clears throat> that is like the size of a very small ipad um maybe has very instead of it being a full ipad interface it just has a very very set limited operating system almost like a dashboard a dashboard type interface probably (laughs) having your uh home kit control like all your home devices control just like you see on your phone probably having a uh, music capability because it's already said that they do have intended this to have speakers built in to be a player of some sort but also they said for uh facetime video conferencing to use as (laughs) a portal for that as well so it would be a camera built into it as well uh they're saying it would have a mount uh, like a magnetic or some sort of mount where you could actually put a plate up on the wall and actually mount this on the wall and be able to remove it from the wall whenever you want to use it portable. Um, 
I, I love it. I think it's yeah, great. I, I think great the idea. idea is great. If, uh, you know, it's something that's relatively good on the cost side of things and not extraordinary. Uh, this is the kind of thing I, I would love to see peppered throughout a house at mm-hmm. key locations where you have a lot of things you want to be able to control. And, uh, you know, I mean, look, I like using my voice, but sometimes I'd, I'd rather just go up and touch something or just have something very visual to work with. So, yeah. um, so I like this. Now, I love that's it. all we yeah. know at this point. It is, uh, you know, analysts I trust are saying this is happening, but anything could change. Anything could, could could happen along the way. But it is saying not till 2024 we would see this. So, yeah. So just to to fill in those gaps, uh, Google has one, and now it's the Nest. I think they the Nest I Google missed. and Nest kind of went together. Yeah. So it's the Nest Smart Hub. Hub. Facebook has the Portal. I think is probably mm-hmm. what they were using. Oh yeah, um, Facebook portal. That's it. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, the Amazon Show, which is the one that I have, I think of the Show Eight. Maybe there's a there was a number behind it, but I've had it for several years. It is. I I have to say I I, I chose it as a bit a long time ago, Alan. Um, mm-hmm. We have it in our kitchen, and I use it every day. Hmm. Every day, every day when we go to cook, we'll say play music, and yeah. we'll say you know show us a recipe. We'll say mm-hmm. show us. You know, show us the score rather than read it to us. I want to see the mm-hmm. score of the game. Mm-hmm. Use it every day, and yeah. it is—it's great. So I think that's a really—I uh, think it's a smart move. I'd, I'd actually like to see if they, you know, if they come up with a whole new interface, or whether maybe they tap into like I'd—I'd I'd even see them tap into um, CarPlay and kind of make it that mentality where it's like, all right, just big yeah. buttons, you know, just get to one thing, do it, and mm-hmm. limit it. So you can't go in and get lost in it. You don't want someone standing there at a screen on the wall to do lots of things. You just want them very quickly to to access maybe where uh, their dashboard is is put. Then so I think I also, it's great. It's great. No, I, I agree. I also wonder though if it's something that they're talking about the size of a smaller, small like mini size iPad. In a way, yeah. I just wonder. I mean, does it make sense for it? Yes, it can have that. Uh, home OS kind of uh, yep. layer, yep. which is more dashboard type of approach, just had those three, four, or five functions that you know you, this device really excels in. But could it also be an iPad? Meaning, if I take it down off the wall or I take it off this pedestal and I hit a home button, I can actually go into a full iPad mode. So that way, it's at least, you know. I, I could just see some value to it. It's probably running the same kind of processor on it. Probably has the same capability to do it. Just wonder if that might really extend the value of it. And say, okay, yes, it's primarily meant for this, but it's got you know iPad OS running in the background. And if you wanted to open it up and and use it as a tablet when you're not controlling things, you can. I'm, I'm just curious. That doesn't sound I, very Apple-ish. Yeah. I know Apple would probably make well, this a very single function device, but yeah. Um, well, I would say I I would prefer they came out with the single function because I knew it would be cheaper. If they were to stay at the two two hundred dollar two hundred dollar yeah. range, which is like these others are, and all it does is, you know, home OS. But here's what I would love: you you've got iPads already oh. that maybe could install the home OS, home yeah. OS, and maybe yeah. even have a split, you know, split log right. in. It's like, hey, Home OS, now it can ship it. And that way, if you want to go buy the iPad, get the iPad and you can use it both ways. Okay, but if I you like want the $200, better. here nope. you go. Right? You're right. I like that yeah, better. Be great. I, yeah. Just retrofitting current iPads to be able to play. 
if you've got one laying around and you maybe don't use it as much as you thought you would for day-to-day use, it's like, okay, well, I can just download the home OS yep. on it and run that as a full-time app. And that's now what it is. It's the same as this home display. I think I'd be I like that. I actually yep. like that better. That's a good idea, Brian. Good call. Thank so. you. Thank you. Anyway, that's our news items. I, I'm yeah. yes, I'm very curious about that device coming out next year. Um, we'll see what happens with it. So. Well, shall we jump into yeah, kind of the it. meat here? Right? Did you want to? Did you want to take over again? And, and yeah, yeah. Well, I was planning yeah. on. It. I was just going to yeah. roll right over this. If that's okay. <laughs> no, no, Brian. Why don't you? Why don't you talk us through? You, I, I okay. gave a quick summary at the beginning, but yes. you, you you dig us in now. So. Sure. So this is um, this was an a, an episode that I had been wanting to do for a while because. Um, because I myself stumbled across some of these accessory features that I had no reason to look for initially. And I think I kind of stumbled in and realized there are some things in our accessibility, um, features of our phones and our computer that aren't really just for those with limitations or disabilities or, um, you know, needing enhancements. They are actually can be very useful um, efficiencies within our devices. So, so I thought what we would do is is take a look into the accessibility menus, specifically okay. as we said of iOS and macOS. Which, you know, for those that are on the latest version of both of those, they are somewhat similar. Um, so we'll dive into a couple of those features, um, take a look at the menu, and then hopefully spark some ideas for people who, you know, might actually have a need for these because I've got a couple of these that I'm using now. That I, it, it's not based on a limitation of mine. It's based on use case, right? That there's yeah. actually some uses for these um, that might be uh, only found if I was to dig into this menu. So, so let's talk about some uh, accessibility. So, maybe initially we ought to say we understand that there are uh, all of these have been created for a particular need, for a particular limitation that someone has, so that everyone can use these devices and use these devices as they were intended. Um, and I think there's some really great features in there and things that you and I, Alan, you know, may not need at all. All right. But someone does, for example, uh, contrast sensitivity. If you are someone that has a hard time distinguishing contrast or colorblind or, you know, isn't able to um, distinguish some, you know, uh, bright portions of a screen, there are ways of limiting what you're seeing on your device so that it shows for you, changing everything to black and white, uh, reversing the, you know, the color orientations of your screen so that you can actually pick up on uh, some of those subtleties. I mean, those are things that are useful. Uh, having your, you know, having your device read to you, you know, read the screen to you. And that, that sort of thing is for someone who's here, you know, for visually impaired, getting a chance to, to engage with what's on the screen. Um, so if you happen to have frustrations or limitations in the way that you can use your device, you should come become very aware of the accessibility uh, menu. But it shouldn't just stop there. So let's talk, Alan, about, you know, can you, would you want to maybe bring up the menu so we can just look at kind of the yeah. categorization of some do you of wanna, this? Do you want to do the iOS or Mac? Does it matter to you which one? Uh, um, how about we do uh, iOS? Okay, sure. Yeah. Because I kind of feel like iOS is where um, is where some of the accessibility features really are uh, useful and beneficial right away. And the reason I say that is because this this is a device that we carry. This is the device that we are, 
you know, using and moving around. And, um, and there are some ways in which you can use the accessibility features to enhance, uh, enhance that. So, so everybody, you know, if you're watching at home, uh, you'll see that Alan's in the setting uh, app of iOS or this, you know, the setting uh, uh, application, he's scrolling down and there is an accessibility, um, an accessibility menu item. So when he clicks into the accessibility, uh, and this is something that's actually changed over the last few years, uh, Apple has really gotten good at kind of breaking it down as to what are the accessibility types and each subsection here is a different accessibility um, category. So the first one is vision, the second one is physical and motor, and then there is hearing, um, and then what's the bottom one? General, right? General. Some general features. And each one of them has sub uh, subcategories. So, Alan, uh, I'm just going to throw out one or two that that I found to be actually useful for myself, and sure. and then you can kind of you know chime in on uh, on this as well. So, okay. one of the ones, and this was, and, and I would say this one is fairly niche <laughs> in terms of its use. Okay, but let me. Let me show you one, Alan. If you uh, were to go into the physical and motor, and let's see, right there, uh, go into touch, okay, which is the first one, and then in the touch section. So there's a number of different things here uh, that you may want to take advantage of, um, and whether or not you're going to wake up your phone when you. When you touch it, whether or not you want to use the undo, I don't know if people have done this before, but if you're typing something and you you know, want to undo what you just typed, shaking your phone should pop up the undo if you have this uh, enabled. Now, the question would be, why is this an accessibility, right? Why isn't that just a cool feature? Well, it's an accessibility because... If you're someone who maybe you're someone who tends to have tremors or shakes, or you are someone maybe Parkinson's in which, you know, your phone is moving a lot, you don't want it constantly asking you, are you trying to undo? Are you trying to undo? Right. So you can turn that off if that's something that pops up that you don't want very often. But down, Alan, down at the bottom, the back tap section, and you have that turned off. So I don't know if you knew this, but there are ways in which you can assign a tap to the back of your phone. To so the back of my phone. To my to back of your phone. So yeah, on the back side of your phone. So Alan, if you go to um, just go up to top to double tap and try flashlight. Okay. Okay, and then go back. All right. So now on the back side of yours, tap it twice. I'm gonna do it pretty hard, I think. There you go. There it goes. Flashlight turns on, right? Double tap, flashlight okay. turns off. Now, why would we need that? Because we obviously have that on our home screen, right, where you could touch. I tell you what, Alan, about a few weeks ago, I turned this on, and I have used it probably three times a week in the last mm -hmm. uh, couple of weeks. And mainly because I go out in the morning, it's been super cold, I'll have gloves on, yeah, and I want to use the flashlight. And it's incredibly, I don't want to take my gloves off. This is a great way of being able to use your flashlight um, without having your, you know, take your gloves off, use the touch uh, feature to be able to do that. So it's a little freaky, right? When you're <laughs> using well, it, you have to sometimes tap it pretty hard or um, tap it in a way that makes sure that you're not supporting it the other actually, way. Yep. Yeah, for whatever reason, it doesn't like hard taps. Oh, is that what, it, is that what you're finding? Taps. Yeah, okay. actually softer taps. That's weird. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. And I am where I have a magnet 
a case with you know magnet kind of back case on it. So, so that could be it could be about how bigger. good the yeah, how good the case is is doing and the connection of that. Yep. But a lighter tap actually works. So yeah. Oh nice. Uh, as many times as I use the flashlight, um, that's kind of nice not having to go and always unlock yep. the phone or find the little shortcut to do it. Now so. now the question would be why isn't this automatically turned on for everybody? And it's because you may have your phone turned on a lot if you accidentally set it down, yeah. you know, twice. And so there is a chance for error with this in which you have to be careful about. Um, but there, you know, there's a number of different things. I don't know if you noticed that in the list, Alan, there's a number of things you could have these back taps assigned to, you know, you could oh. pull lots of different things to, you know, have your camera up, um, to mute, you know, if you were, uh, working on something to have a dumper, a bunch of shortcuts, you could actually play a, you know, create a shortcut, that says when I do this triple tap, and I would actually suggest you using the triple tap because there's probably less likely you accidentally do it. Sure. You know, do a triple tap and then say, you know, let's do this automation. So so that's an example of something that if you find that that's uh, a frustrating piece where, hey, I maybe I have gloves on at certain times mm -hmm. of the day. Maybe I find that my fingers aren't, you know, uh, wanting to scroll through things and I want another accessibility option or a quick access option. That's an example of one. So yeah, good. Um, let me see another one that I, maybe it's in the same menu. If you'll go back to, this is under the, yeah, it's under the physical motor, but it's, uh, let's see, it's under audio. Let's see. So where did I have this one? Audio visual? No, no, I'm sorry. It's 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 you're you were in the correct correct spot. I'm just trying to remember where it is under the mm -hmm. section. I think maybe it's in the um try voice control. Let's see, is that the one? Nope. Go back. Sorry. Not so what I'm looking for is the call audio routing that's in there, Alan. Um I believe that's in maybe maybe it's in control near nearby devices. That may be where it is. Uh, there you go. The routing audio routing. There touch. we go. Okay, so here's kind of a nice one, and and actually, you know, I, I understand where the accessibility may come in, but this is something that I I found that some people may want to use and get into anyway. Is this is the if you're on a call, where do you want that call to be routed? And what you have it on, it's automatic, which means it's going to make the best guess. If you put headphones in, it's going to assume that maybe you're wanting to switch to headphones. If you take them out, you want to do this. But if you find that that's going wrong sometimes, and I actually have found that for me, it'll switch sometimes to things that I don't want to. Like it automatically goes to my car, even if I have my headphones in while I'm driving. And sometimes mm -hmm. if I want to make a call, I'll put my headphones in and make it sound better but then my car takes over. So in here, you can actually tell it, what do I want the default to be? And for me, I, I have Bluetooth headset that says, if I am wearing a Bluetooth headset, I want the calls to go to that. I always want the calls to go to that, right? And then, then it knows that if you don't have a Bluetooth headset on, it's going to go to kind of the next best thing. So um, so I think there's you're another thing that could be very useful. Yeah, you're setting a default. Like I want this to be the default all the time. If it's not available, it's still going to go to another it's option. Still going to, yeah. but yep. it's always going to try this option first and try to route right. the calls through there whenever it can. And think about someone who does this that maybe someone has um, hearing aids in which they're using as Bluetooth speakers, but yet they also want an external speaker to be for their phone calls. 
So it's like, don't go to my Bluetooth headset, go to this external speaker all the time because I need to be able to hear it or I need all my, my calls to be announced that way. So I think that's that's kind of another piece that you may not recognize as inaccessibility. Yep. I may have mm-hmm. thought that would have been in under headphones, right? But looking in accessibility gives you an option of uh, of change that. So, mm-hmm. so as you see, there are a number of other things here: haptic touch, being able to 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 determine whether or not you're getting some response from your touch uh, when you touch your device. Do you want it to kind of do a little vibration to let you know that the touch has been made or the click has been made? Um, that's an effective thing. Um, it's already there, but you can get determine how fast you need to touch something in order to double click it. And that means that, you know, certain people that may have a sensitivity issue or a motor control issue would not have been able to do the double touch in quick enough for it to recognize what's happening. So yeah, sure. There's a number of things there. Um, Alan, did you have some that you came across as you were looking? Yeah, I was going to mention a couple as well. So let me see if I can figure out where they were. Um, so motion, mm-hmm. there's yep. some items under emotion uh, on accessibility. And what this has to do is how things uh, uh, play out or appear on your screen. And because some of the motion that's kind of by default on the phone, I'm talking like animations, like when you open an app and it kind of zooms out and maybe if you close an app, it zooms back in. Um, some of those things can be, um, can be a little, distra- can be a little tough for some people to process. And so they give options for people to reduce motion, meaning right. I just don't want as much flying around on the interface. I don't need all the whiz and whiz bang stuff going on. I actually have this turned on on mine because I actually kind of like not having all that. I wonder if it helps battery life a little bit. It's one reason I did it too. I just thought it's more things the computer, the phone's trying to do using yep. graphics and animation, which I don't need it to do. So I've actually got return reduced motion turned on, and that is now reducing some of those user interface uh, animation elements. But also, you know how people can send the uh, little uh, message effects on on, uh, on mm-hmm. latest versions of messages, like you got fireworks that go off in the background, or you got some other little fancy animation for a celebratory thing. That itself can also be. Uh, sometimes difficult for people with, with impairments to process or to work with or to make to be able to see comfortably to still see the text and the messages. Out right. There. So you can't turn off the auto playing message effects, which means I don't want to see those. I mean, you still have a button that will allow you to go full screen and see them the way they're meant to. But natively, when you're reading the messages, they don't just happen automatically. You have to kind of go in and tell them you do want to see them, and you could see it full screen by your selection. Um, to me, I, I just like that a lot. Uh, I, I just like knowing that you can turn those things off because it's just a matter of sometimes. Yep. Sometimes you just you want to be able to customize your phone experience to what works best for you. This is giving you some of those options that you may not realize you have, but they're also very very helpful options for people that do need those that do need that consideration for sure. Yeah. Um, yep. And then, of course, anything being spoken to you on the phone, I think is really great. And this is one area where I think the iOS and macOS really shine as they continue to keep improving uh, the ability to have things read to you from your computer screen. So, for example, speaking the selection, 
if you turn that on, all that means is that, you know, how you can select text on a phone mm-hmm. by kind of pressing and holding and double clicking on text. And I'm on, it's not doing it here in the uh, settings app, but I'll hop yeah. over in a second to a notes app and show. But now this means that if I highlight some text on my screen, it will actually read that to me. So again, visually impairment, uh, it helps with that. Maybe just difficulty. I mean, sometimes when I'm not reading, don't have my contacts in or I'm not using my readers, I have a hard time reading the text on my screen. So if I just need it to be read to me, this yep. is the way you would do it. So yep. um, let's see if I can go in real quick and do that on a text uh, on a notes. And I'll do a done, do a new one. And if I just say test message and then I go in and select it. Yep. Now you go to the right, go to the right up there. Yep. And you'll see speak. Yep. And of course I don't have my headphones plugged into my phone and my <laughs> volume's down. So I'm not hearing it, but it is playing it. I know that for yep. a fact. I can yep. see that. So again, I would just select it. And now if I've got that chosen, anything I select, I have the option of letting it speak it and play it for me, which is great. So yep. Yep. Um, and I think you know, Alan, really back cool. on your back on that same thing, you know, even the speak screen, which is which I did not realize how that feature was working, but it's it's really slick if you turn on the speak screen. Then what you do is anytime you can do that right here, you could just take two fingers and slide from the top and ah. you'll see that it's just going to start speaking your, everything that's yeah. on the screen. So, and mm-hmm. you know, the, the last one you did, I think is great for if you really have a section of notes that you, your eyes are getting tired, you want it to read. Mm-hmm. But if someone really has a visual impairment, that's really hard to do, right? Select go menu over but if you are all you have to do is slide your two fingers down and it's going to start reading what's on the screen that's fantastic it's great well and even to go one further you can turn on to say you want to highlight the content that is reading so as it's reading it and as it's being spoken it's actually highlighting it as it goes along Mm. so if you needed to kind of follow along with it to see it you could also do that try that what what does that do ellen go to the slide down from the top and see what it the two finger. Yeah. Whoops. Oh, I guess you got to do the speak screen. Yeah. So you got to put that back on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's highlighting. Uh huh. It's I highlighting. See it highlighting the text. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to see there on the, but it no, is but highlighting good. the text as it's reading. It's going to hop down to speech controller there now. Yeah. Highlight content. So you can see it's highlighting it as it goes along. Yeah. So that's really nice. Yeah. Mm hmm. So some Very great slick. little options on having things read. And we're going to flip over to the Mac in a second to show the the, the desktop interface because it has many of the similar features. A couple of things I wanted to show there were a little different as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, you just start getting into these some of these accessibility options. And again, things I would not have just inherently gone to when I started up my phone for the first time. But you start to really get in here and say, man, these are some things that are really actually very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you already talked about the touch. Um you know, the side button, even little things like how, how, how quickly do you want to be able to uh, click, you know, double click uh, your sidebar, your side button, you know, like when you have to buy something uh, and sometimes it yep. requires you to do the double press. I mess that up a lot. I'm either not pressing fast enough or, or something. So you can really actually go in and start customizing how I want that click speed to happen. Um, 
which is really again all really nice options. Yep. Um, There's the you know keyboards uh, has a has a nice um, actually yeah there you go at the top right you could actually if you're someone who is using your phone a lot but also wants to type on an external keyboard then you could tell it that you want to be able to to use an external keyboard in order to maybe you're you know again you don't have the motor control capabilities for small finger you know typing um this could be something that you know would allow you to be able to uh to to use an external keyboard uh on mm-hmm. your iphone which is kind of slick yeah nice um you know there's the uh, require attention this is the one that's probably it'd be good to talk about the ones that are different than Mac OS, but face attention, face ID and attention is kind mm-hmm. of helpful. And now mm-hmm. this one's kind of good because as most of us know, you know, that are using an iPhone that requires face ID where, you know, you got to be looking at, or you've got to, it's got to see your face in order to open up. Uh, there may be situations in which you feel as though maybe you're around a lot of people. And, you know, if I were to, be on a train and Alan, I would come up and take your phone out of your pocket without you knowing it. And you're reading and I could, you know, hold the phone just over to the side so that it points towards your face while you're not looking, it would still open up your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, if you tell it, you want to require attention. What that means is not only do I need it to show your face, but I, the eyes need to be looking towards <laughs> the, the screen in order to open up. So that would be something that may not necessarily just be an accessibility thing. That may be a use case thing. You know, where are you? Are you comfortable and safe with, you know, your phone? Is other people holding your phone or, or other people have access to your phone? So, um, so there's, there's a number of things that I, I would strongly encourage people to go through each one of these see what they do, see if any of that makes sense for you. Um, you know, the Zoom, Alan, have you tried the Zoom on this one? Yeah. Yep. So again, uh, which which one is it? Is it three three tap, the three finger tap? All right. And it's not showing it on the screen oh, for okay. you guys. I'm actually zooming in and out. So I'm going to show oh, that on the Mac here in a second, okay. the idea of that. Okay. But the idea is that you can actually have text that you're kind of focused on tap it and it zooms it out and you see it in much bigger Then you can zoom back in again yep. to get back to normal. normal. And zoom. let me, and let me just clarify. So most people are going to say, well, don't you do the pinch zoom thing, but this is talking about anything on your screen. So, you know, you can't use pinch zoom when you're on a menu. There we go. Oh, there we go. Yeah. There's actually an option. If you can see down here, show while mirroring, oh, while mirroring. Perfect. So I turn that on and now, yes, if I double, if I triple click, triple tap, on there, yeah. you can see I. And from there, Alan, can you move out. by scrolling your fingers? Yep. All three? Three or fingers. Two. Yep. Yep. I can scroll around and then triple tap again with three fingers and, and it out. will zoom me back out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's, it's, yeah, there, there's, there's some people that I think could potentially get used to, uh, used to that. You know, there, I don't know about you, but there are certain menus that, I find even on applications or something that are just really small, even though I have mm-hmm. the font turned up to where I like it normally, there are times I, I wish I could zoom in on even a menu, not just a web page or an image. Um, so that's that's one way you can do that. But So I'm going to, Brian, let me, over? let me flip over to the Mac just for a second. Yeah. And I'm going to share a screen, which means it's going to be a little uh, small to see the the settings here. 
but I, there's a couple of things I want to show you that would extend beyond this that settings window. So I want to show that many of the things you mentioned and, and some others from the iOS version are here on the Mac system settings as well. I'm in the accessibility tab, just like I was on iOS. Uh, voicing over, turn on voiceover means that it's going to speak any of the text on the screen, on the computer screen anytime. So again, if you would you know, just ever have a, a time where you just would like to have some things read to you, uh, we can sit back a little bit and maybe not worry about trying to read along with things or a news article. You can actually choose the voiceover and it will read what's on the screen for you um, voice-wise. And But the ones I really want, here's a couple I found to be the most interesting. Pointer control. So this is the cursor, you know, the little arrow cursor I'm moving around the screen. Um, you can actually, oh, where is it? It's under the cursor. I thought it was under that cursor. Where did it go? I was just doing it one second ago. Um, we'll get to that in a second. We'll do the sounds, but pointer control. It was basically I could control the cursor, the size of the cursor and the outline of the cursor. And where was that? Oh, that's got to be visual, right? That's got to be under maybe the uh, display. Um. Yes, there we go. Good call. Mm -hmm. Okay. So under display in the vision section, your mouse cursor, this is actually something I've used quite a bit before. You can change the size of your cursor. So as you can see, my mouse cursor is now larger on the screen. There's plenty of times I have a hard time finding that mouse mm -hmm. cursor on a very busy screen. So this is nice to be able to control the size. But what I really love is you can control the outline color. So if I wanted the outline color to be like a yellow, let's see here. Um, oh, my little color palette is popped up. Sorry. Uh -huh. <laughs> there it is. Yep. There's the yellow. Now you can see the there outline of my cursor is a yellow, which actually kind of makes it stand out a lot more. It makes it a little easier to follow. Now I can actually even change the color fill on the inside to make a completely different color. Hmm. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to reset those colors, but you get the idea of what you can start to change and work with on that. Uh, yeah. to get your but you may, you may find, for example, that your, your background image that you love is a lot of black. Maybe it's black yeah. and white or, you know, very dark. And maybe you want to switch that to your pointer to be white instead of black. And you could invert both of those colors. So you have those options. Alan, you know, here's, here's something I want to know. Um, because I had not thought about the size of the the uh, the mouse before. I have changed that in the past, but I don't tend to keep it because I don't need it all the time. But what I would love would be could you could you set up either an automation or some sort of feature that says anytime I connect to a a larger screen. Mm -hmm. So when I go and teach, I have my my projected information up there, and I find it so hard to see on the projected screen where my mouse is. Yeah. Partly because the, the lighting in there is not very good. Mm -hmm. It's not a great screen. It's what I'd love is to say, anytime I put connect into this projector, 
I want you to make my mouse three times as big, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I want that to be able to, to stand out. I'd assume that would be some form of automation. You know, if if this happens, then do this. Uh, it'd take a little work, but something to know that it's there, or, it can or, certainly or, happen, right? Yeah, either, either something's connected to your computer or a certain app is opened up and you want to change yep. the cursor with that. Yeah, you can certainly yep. do that, I'm sure. Um. A lot of other things on the display side under vision as well. I wanted to kind of show. So it's got also the same remote reduced motion, which again, mm -hmm. kind of just decreases some of those little window animations and effects that maybe you just kind of don't need to see or, or want to save any wear and tear on your computer to do. But also menu bar size, I can't do it live because it does require me to log out and log back in. But you can actually change the size of your menu bar, which is across the top of the screen, to make it a larger version yeah, if you need to see it. And you even can get down to controlling things like the contrast on your display. So I'm going to show it just for a little bit here to get an idea. I can increase the trans uh, contrast. Now, granted, this is too much, but mm -hmm. sure to get the idea of that you can really have some very finite control with that to make things look and appear just how best suits you. But again, if you also have some some impairments in any way, these are little little things that could help you in some of those areas. By default, the shake your mouse pointer to locate it is on, and that's kind of a feature they touted with a recent yep. uh, software version. If I shake my mouse violently, you see it grows in size. I may not like that, so I can turn it off. That's also in the accessibility option under display. So um, Now, let me, can I tell you my favorite? Because, Brian, I, I gave you... I, showed you this before we even went live when i had no idea it existed but again just digging through these accessibility options you start to find all these on the audio side um one thing that's neat is if you want you know you have alert sounds that can happen on your computer like when uh, a, a dialog box pops up and you need to like you know it, it gives you a little bing or, or or whatever sound you have set up as your system sound you could also have it to where it flashes the screen when that alert sound sounds. Now, just think about it. Hmm. If you have your volume down on your, your computer a lot, or maybe you're listening on headphones to something else and you're working, but you still want to be notified when there is a dialog box or something that is giving you an alert sound to pay attention to. Now your screen will flash uh, when the alert sound occurs. So again, you turn that on or off, but that could be very helpful for some people when, yep. they're, when they're using this. But my favorite is the background sound. So believe it or not, you can actually turn on to have background sound going on on your computer, acting as almost like a white noise kind of uh, to try to help drown out what they say is any other unwanted environmental noise. And they say it also can help a little bit with focus or calming or being more restful when you're working. So you can actually turn this on. I've got it on right now. I know you're probably not hearing it because it doesn't come through my microphone, but I am currently listening to the ocean and the ocean is playing in my background. I can control the volume of that background noise and it will stay on. Now, if I leave this on the whole time I'm working, I can tell it to turn off those sounds when my Mac is not in use, meaning when I go to sleep or it goes into the lock screen to go and turn off the sound. But I can not only control the volume, but I can also control what type of background sound. There's uh, dark noise, bright noise, and balanced noise, which are just going to be some of those filling the air with, with some noise that's just, uh, you know, you're kind of used to with noise machines. I've got rain. I've got a stream, which I've 
said I'm not going to use unless I really need to go to the bathroom within a short amount of time because it will definitely get you get you geared up that way. Get get things moving. <laughs> yeah, it does. So, you know, if I have the rain on right now, right now I'm listening in the background my headphones, I'm hearing just rain. And it's kind of nice. I mean, great. I listen to slick. when I'm working on the my computer most of the time, but if I really just needed to kind of get to a little bit more calming state and, but I also didn't want to be distracted by a lot of just yep. random noises around me. This is totally the kind of thing I would turn on and have on when I'm working. So, yeah. 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 No, it's pretty slick. Um, yeah. There's, I mean, it, there's a lot of really potentially helpful things here. Um, I mean, Alan, you showed the flashing of the screen, you know, and that's been available for the the mobile phone for a while right? The iPhone, you can tell it that the flash on the back of your uh, phone, yeah, you can have it blink at you if, you know, the phone's ringing or if you have a message, mm-hmm. uh, which makes sense. I mean, I, I use vibration, but imagine if you're someone who doesn't really feel vibration very well, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe you don't have a watch, so you're not getting vibration that way and you do want to be notified, but you know, you're not, you know, hearing impaired, you can't necessarily hear it and you don't want to keep it on and distract other people that way. So there is a number of different ways that you can, uh, utilize this. Um, yeah, zoom, show the zoom. This, I think zoom is pretty slick. Well, the hover text, let me go back and I got to share my whole window again to make sure people can see this, but, um, yeah, hover text was something I was playing with. So zooming, you can do your zooming here just like we were showing on the phone where you can kind of zoom into certain places on your screen or zoom out. But the hover text was really cool in that if you turn on hover text, all you have to do on your keyboard is hold down the command button, which is the little clover leaf looking symbol on your Mac. And as you hold it down, now any text I roll over just with my mouse pops up to really large font and size. And you can go in and modify that font and size, I understand. Hmm. But you may not think initially how this could be useful, but just imagine if you're having to show somebody over a Zoom call or something, something on your screen, or you're wanting to show them how something works or how to do something, and you really want to make sure you, you call attention to the actual text of buttons or things on the screen for them to see. This is what allows you to do it. So again, I'm just holding down my command key and I'm just moving my cursor. I'm not having to click anything. I am just moving my cursor over words and it is uh, popping that word up in much, much larger font, easy to see. So I love that. I'm actually going to leave that on because I can actually find myself using it a lot more regularly. Um, And then there's also the zooming uh, itself within the window. So if I wanted to zoom into a part of my screen, but yet I'd like to do it in kind of a split screen format. So now I can, let's see, what do I, which one do I do? So do you have a trackpad? Yeah. Yeah. So I've got it set to do double tap with the three fingers once again. And when I do that, you can see what it does. I have now zoomed in on the top half into a zoomed layout, a zoom view, while my normal view is down below. And I can still move around in my bottom view. And it is, and then I can also move my cursor up to the top view and zoom and move around and just yeah. the zoomed part up there. So it's really, it's really pretty so I cool. I can see, you know, if you were a, um, 
an artist, someone who, you know, is find yourself zooming in a lot on images as you're looking at things or details on a brochure that you're creating. I mean, most of those you can pinch and zoom, you know, you can end up looking at that document, but, you know, having a very quick, well, I mean, I've, I've, I've actually found that I've kept this on now and I have the three, three tap because mm -hmm. it's so quick, right? Three taps and I am zoomed in on what I'm looking at. So, you know, if I have photographs or something and I just want to double check, is that, is that an extra dot there? Is there something really small? It gives me a, an easy way to do it rather than worrying about, you know, pinching and zooming and all of that. So yeah, I think both of these, um, I think are incredibly helpful things for, for people that find themselves struggling to see some small text on the screen or small yeah. items. Yeah, well, and, and so many times, Brian, yes, absolutely. That's the number one reason for it. But, uh, you know, there's times too where I'm, I'm again on a zoom call and I'm needing to show something and just sometimes the computer screen when I'm showing somebody on zoom is just not going to be big enough for them to really read text or see things. But if I know I can zoom in, no, that's a great point. Out part of it. It's so much easier for people I'm talking to remotely to see what I'm what I'm referring to without me having to go and change all my desktop monitor settings to get it bigger for them to see. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is just a nice, simple way to do it. So, yeah. And Alan, what about even tech support, right? You're showing oh, someone yeah, on a Zoom absolutely. call, hey, you know, mom and dad, this is how I want you to do it. Because you're, you're exactly right. What if they're doing, what if they're, what if they're seeing the Zoom call on their phone? Oh, right, they're not yeah. going to be able to see what's going on. No, um, like so even this window I've got pulled up right now. I mean, yep. this is yeah, this is kind of hard to see for anybody. I think you know, just looking at the text on here too. But if this was on a Zoom call and I'm trying to show somebody how to do something, I would much rather just be able to triple triple tap or a on the screen, three finger like, okay. double tap. Right? Yeah. What's that? Three finger double tap. Right. I'm sorry. Yep. Three yep. finger double tap. I gotta make sure I say that right. And you're using so. the so there's the picture in picture. There's the yeah, this is the picture-in-picture picture version of it. Yeah. So I, I'm personally using the full screen, which means mm -hmm. that any point in time, I can just do the, you know, three tap and it just zooms the entire screen gets zoomed in beyond that. So see, and here's now with the picture-in-picture, picture, oh, I can nice. actually control okay. the size of it. So I went in and said, I want to change the size and location. So let's say if I want the picture-in-picture picture to always be up here. Okay. So now if I go and do that zoom... Yeah, you know, it it's got it in that size, but I can actually move it around while I'm in it. Hmm. I've got it great. the size I want. So if I just want like a certain call out box like this. I mean, so this is basically for someone who normally would pull a magnifying glass out and want to look around, right? That's exactly what you've just created digitally, which I think is incredibly slick. So yeah. I think that's great. Some really good stuff. And again, I mean, we've gone through like maybe a third, if hmm. even that, maybe even a quarter of what's available on there. But I, I do think this is a kind of a, it's a fun exercise to do is to go through that accessibility option to say, okay, do any of these help my experience with my computing device? Um, and, you know, it may not be things that you need to have on all the time. It may be things that you just know are available to you if you ever find yourself in a need for them. Some of them, though, may be things that you say, you know, this is me permanently. I need this. I need this all the time. This is a helpful way for me to be more productive or to be able to use the, my screens, uh, better effect or whatever it may be. So, um, some great stuff, but yep. I, it, going back to the main reason these exist, of course, it, it is for those that do have those, uh, um, 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 you know, uh, 
disabilities or having limitations in what they can do in any way, shape or form, physically, visually, mentally, these are all meant to help with those aspects and to make sure everybody has a really great positive computing experience. But don't let that thing make you think that these aren't some things that could not be also useful to you, anybody else as well, um, with or without those impairments. So, yeah. Yeah. Alan, can I show you one more thing? And it's back over sure. on the the iOS. Would you mind just flipping back to your iOS sure. so you have that up? I think so. Let's see. And I if not, I have mine. I can share. But uh, yeah, I've got it. Okay. So uh, this, I think, is a good one to end on because it kind of shows you the granularity of what you can actually do here. So Alan's got the settings back up on iOS. Alan, if you'll scroll to the very bottom, to the very last one, per app settings. Ah, here we go. So what's incredibly cool here is that it allows you to click and say, add an app, and you can choose any of your apps in which you think that app, you need a particular accessibility change. So for example, if you have an app that you use all the time, and maybe the font in that app is super (laughs) small, yeah, you want oh, wow. things larger text only in that app. So when you open that app, you want the larger text, but not everything else. So you can actually granularly granularity of this change can actually be really really slick. So yeah, so Alan's putting on Amazon app. He's mm-hmm. doing larger text, which means yeah. that if he now goes to Amazon, uh, I don't know if you want to try that. Go back to your. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hopefully there's nothing embarrassing on my yeah, shopping history. Yeah, let's not take a look at your history. Yeah, the, the, the text is definitely bigger. Yep. So now uh, the text in this app is bigger, but the text throughout the rest of the phone was not. So like yeah. I said, if you have certain apps where you're like, oh, I hate using this app because maybe the colors are off and you want to make that one monotone in color or you want to make, um, you know, change the app to... Uh, have the brightness changed or you want that one to always be in dark mode, you can actually make just granularity. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's my Huge big, text, big spec, right? Yeah. So this is where I think that you may believe like, oh, I don't want to change this for my full system because, you know, it makes everything look too big or it makes mm-hmm. everything change the way I don't want. But there's one app that really frustrates me. This is a way of changing some of those things in that Um it's incredibly slick that's a new one on me i didn't even i guess i never got down to the bottom that per app settings but uh that that is very nice very very yeah it's great and you know even in accessibilities where you can change the voice of your of your uh person who's reading you can change it to the you know australian accent you can change it to the south african accent you can change all sorts of things i don't think this one oh there it is yep so you can go in and change what the voices are. Uh, Alan, there was one I came across last night. Let's see. I don't actually think it's in this particular menu. I think there's another place for it. But there's actually other um, places where you can make it a, a digitized kind of, you know, there's one that's a whisper. So I can say, you know, if I'm asking it to speak, it whispers it. Um, and I'm trying to remember where that was. Oh, and by the way, a lot of these. on iOS, background sounds are there as well. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So you can have the background sounds on your phone as well as on your computer, which is nice. See, yeah. So Alan, there's a ton of stuff. Uh, let's see. Where was this? It was it was where it was going to read. So what would that be? That'd be the vision. Spoken content. Spoken content. Let's see. 
or voiceover or audio descriptions one or the other Nope. actually go back to audio description is it this it oh maybe the voice yep what's the voice do oh there we go yeah and if you keep scrolling yeah there's the novelty ones right so go down Mm -hmm. to whisper there's the whisper. Now, of course, it won't it won't come up here, but you can play each one of them, and it'll do a little example, like, "Hi, I'm in my phone right now." You know, so there's some cool ways in which you, if you want to change it up a little bit about how it's speaking to you. Um, and again, this could be something that uh, many people might use if you use Siri a lot and you want to change Siri's voice so that it's a uh, you know a little different. You can go and uh, change the the accent of that. So it's very cool. I think it's fun. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of potentially useful things here. A lot of features. I think a lot to keep us busy kind of going through. It's it's something I want to try to every few months kind of hop in and just just see if there's anything that would be helpful for me, anything that would be uh, make the computing experience a little more enjoyable. Certainly well, especially, I mean, if with your age, Alan, you know, every few yeah. months is probably a good thing, right? Because there's going to be another accessibility need. Yeah. popping up every so often well and probably in a few months i would have forgot that i did it a few months ago so i would make sure i do it again it'd be like a whole new experience for me so right <laughs> yeah very uh, very true good. unfortunately i'm looking at some of these accessibility things and saying yeah i actually probably might want to look at bigger font size yeah. and yeah. Uh, a little more embellishments to help me out as I move along. So, <laughs> all right, this is really cool. So the message, the end message for everybody is there are some, there are some really could be valuable, helpful things in the accessibilities options on both your desktop or your phone or tablet device. We encourage you to go through and explore and see what's in there. And uh, especially if, you're doing some things that may be uh, you know, helping train somebody else or teaching somebody else how to use the computer. A lot of these things do kind of help that experience where you can you know, zoom in or highlight things or be able to show things a lot easier to people you're sharing with. So we encourage you to take a look at these accessibility options, see where there may be something of benefit to you. So that's great. Great. That's good. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate yeah. you bringing up the topic. I think it's good. Um, we're happy we did it. Yep. Yeah. Well, right. I think, well, let's see, we hit a couple news items. We, uh, You solved my fitness issue, my workout issue, and we talked your about accessibility issue. options. Yeah. You're going to have to explain, Al. You're going to have to clarify your fitness issue. It, it sounded like there was a lot of fitness issues. So you're talking specifically about trying to start your watch on, right. on the appropriate time. Very specifically yes. okay. that. That's the only <laughs> fitness issue at the moment, but I'm sure there will be more. So. Um, so yeah, an overall uh, good good conversation there. So Brian, if anybody is interested in talking with us more about the accessibility options we explored, or maybe there's a couple that people are finding that extremely helpful to them, and we want to kind of highlight those for others as well, or just general talk about anything, tech, home, family, personal technology, the topics we might dig into in the future, any of that, uh, what should they do? Yeah, send us an email uh, at info. Uh, and info at the mesh.tv. So that's I N F O at the mesh.tv. As Alan said, uh, maybe you have some accessibility features that we didn't cover today that you find extremely useful. Um, or, uh, or if you have some knowledge of the accessibility features in uh, Android phones that you'd like us to share, you know, another way of getting to those, we, we'd love to, to be able to share that for you. Um, you can also go to our website, www.brother, I'm sorry, www. 
Alan. I got it. Brothers-in-tech.com. The www-dot, sorry, the dot and the dash are getting me today. So brothers-in-tech.com. All right. Well, that'll wrap us up for today. Thanks everybody for watching and or listening. And we will be back again uh, probably next week with uh, some more tech discussion, family, home, personal technology, helping you make computer life easier for yourself. Boy, that, that didn't really come out right at no. all. That, nope. I don't like the you want to try that again? You need some accessibility. Well, give it take help two. Here or, yeah. Take two. Uh, I need a chat GDP to, or GPT to write my yep. closing for me. So uh, helping you. Nope. I don't like that either. Hold on. Um, do you we're here to Edgar Allan Poe or, or we're yeah. here to help you. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> they, really? Was that good? No, it's horrible. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm running out of steam tonight here, Brian. Yeah. Look, I, my Carolina Tar help Heels me, were playing in the background. Help my, me, my Tar help Heels you. were playing in the back and they just lost like 30 seconds ago. And oh, I'm, man. Kind of, I'm really upset it, about that. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. I'm disappointed too. Hmm. Others in dash in dash tech.com. All right. <sighs> Take care, everyone. That's it. I'm not closing this out. We're just going to do this. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.